All right. So when I had the idea to do this podcast and talk to as many baseball play-by-play folks as possible, one of the early targets was Dave Sims. And I'll tell you why, Dave Sims. Um, Because as a radio talk show host myself who dreamed of doing the gig, I remember you as a radio talk show host, and now you do the gig. So it's like... Uh, it, it, it's, it, I feel a little bit like kindred spirits, though you're um, an idol uh, at the same time. So thanks well, for saying that. Yes. Very kind of you. Thank you very much. Yeah, it's. Um, I remember a guy told me uh, the late great Mike Cohen, who was a wonderful, unbelievable people connector, uh, PR guy for NBC Sports prior to that Manhattan College. And I remember he, Simberg, if you're going to be, if you're going to do play by play, doing. Uh, the talk show is as good or better training than anything because you got to think on your feet. It's live. And when I was doing WNBC, good God, we were doing, if there were no games on that night, I was on 7.30 to midnight. With the able help of Mike Brain and Dom uh, Trignali and all, you know, they did an unbelievable job booking people and making them feel at home if they came in the studio. But, I mean, largely it was me talking for four and a half hours. It's like. Yo, <laughs> <laughs> you learn to think on your feet. Did you say Simberg? Did he make you? That's what he called me. Yeah, you know the Mike Cohen. Yeah, I'm married to a nice Jewish girl, and so yeah, he called me Simberg. Yeah. Well, I mean, it seems like a probably good way to get in the business, especially. It, it didn't hurt. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't hurt. Um, let me let me go through a couple of. You tell me. I think you've done all of these gigs, uh, Dave Sims, sports writer for the New York Daily News. Obviously, were you a baseball beat guy at any point? Mainly, uh, briefly, I did get a baseball card for a year or two. Most of my stuff was college, uh, college football, basketball, baseball. Went to uh, the College World Series with St. John's twice. Uh, college football, baseball, basketball. Backup, uh, a number two writer, beat writer in the Cosmos, during the Pele, Canalia, Beckenbauer years. Wow. So who was on those yeah. St. John's teams? That's not Frank Viola, John Franco. Yeah, yep, exactly. Yeah, Frank uh, Frank mowed down Tito in Arizona, game one of the 80 World Series. And then Tito went on to win uh, Most Outstanding Player. And uh, at, at the first year in 78, I forget who started, might have been Frank. But Bob Horner, Hubie Brooks, and Arizona State smoked him in the first game. I mean, Come on. who are these dudes? <laughs> and I remember getting off the plane in Omaha, and SC was coming in right behind us, and Coach Dato, who is an absolute – I mean, it's a shame he never got more national publicity. I mean, you talk about an outgoing, vivacious, you know, extrovert. And he had a big right-hander on his staff, and we see this big guy coming down the escalator. It was Anthony Munoz. He was, he was a, you know, probably a, a blowout, you know, pitcher up, up 10, down 10, put him in the game. I'll never forget that. It's like, who the hell? Oh, it's Anthony Munoz. Oh, uh, yeah, I have a couple of Hall of Fames now. So that, that, that Hall of Fame tackle is a long reliever. I love it. Um, radio talk show host, which is when I knew you with Ed Coleman doing middays on the fan. Um, was, was there TV hosting going on in New York as well? Um, uh, Let's see. Uh, beef, yeah, uh, sort of, because um, let's see, summer 86 to about uh, through the end of my turn, uh, until NBC went off the air, WNBC went off the air. We simulcast once a week on MSG Network, which was gotcha. great. It was gotcha. unbelievable. I uh, bet. I bet. Uh, um, we had Maze, we had Mantle on, and I've never uh, you know, saw grown men cry at the mirror mention of their name, let alone when they walked into the room. It was wild. And then uh, and then I did anchoring your channel two and channel four, the CBS flagship 
and the uh, NBC flagship. Filled in for Marv and uh, Len and Sal. And then uh, I was the number two guy to Bernie Smilovitz for three years and change. Yeah, three years. Got you. Wow. Yeah. So that's that's some of the sports casting heroes of my youth. I was a kid in Jersey and let's oh, go, there you go. I mean, let's go to the videotape and Warner. Yeah, Warner. Yeah, I've made yeah. a I remember filling in for Warner at 92 a couple three times and then 95 they brought me over full time. Yeah, that was you know, right. I think they've gone back to DC. I mean, that's that, that's some of the formative stuff. And then um Temple Owls, was it football or basketball? It was football. <clears throat> Excuse me, it was football. And that was, uh, you want to talk about kicking a door down. Um, I was at FAN at the time. And when did we start that gig? We started that gig, uh, the 90 football season, okay? Mm-hmm. And the Cosby show was number reigning supreme. It was done in the same building in Astoria, Queens, where FAN was. My brother-in-law worked there. Bill Cosby's right-hand guy was a big fan. He says, hey, uh, you know, I like this guy that's on uh, in the morning. He says, oh, it's my brother. I'm like, yeah, okay, come down. I met, I meet Frank. He said, you want to meet Bill? I said, oh, hell yeah. Long story short, meet Bill. I said, I hear uh, a Temple radio job could be open. I'd really be interested. I really want to do that. And that was like a Thursday or Friday and a Monday. I get a call. Oh, Davis is Dr. Peter, of course, president of uh, Temple University. Mr. Cosby speaks very highly of you. We'd like to welcome you to the Temple family. <laughs> So, and then, and then from, so I did that in 1990, the football season, 19, and they had a surprise, a stunningly surprising year at seven and four. Bruce Arians had just left. He left a pretty decent team, tough schedule. They go seven and four. And then February of 91, I'm on ESPN. And that's how that whole TV thing started. Unbelievable. So, yeah. yeah, So so it's been like the the career path has been. Yeah. As a guy doing TV as a young man in New York with with Mantle and Willie Mays. um, I mentioned this to you the other day. Your cover photo on Twitter is you and Earl the Pearl Monroe and Clyde Frazier and Arthur Ashe. Yeah. I mean, it's unbelievable. Yeah. and, and and I know baseball happens, I believe, in 2006, 2007 with the Mariners. I'm wondering how early, like being a daily baseball guy, it's such a different thing doing 162 and being in people's uh, homes and, and in their, their hearts and their ears and their minds for that long. Like, was that, how early was that in your head as the thing you wanted to be? Or oh, I knew that back when I was in high school. I- I knew I wanted to do baseball in high school, and I got a taste of it when I was at MSG Network. I did uh, I did a couple of uh, St. John's games. Say, uh, it was the year before, I think, MSG Network got the Yankees. They knew they were getting the Yankees in 89, 88. I did some St. John's games. And then I told you about that ES- transitioning into ESPN at 91. Yeah. Um, what was it? It was 90. Yeah, it was 92. I got baseball. Pretty sure 92 is here. And I did that. I worked a lot with Larry Sorensen and uh, uh, Freddie Lynn, Jerry Royce, mm-hmm. Mike Lansing, uh, to names that come off the top. So I had, once I got that taste of baseball, like 92, 93, remember the last game I did for ESPN baseball in the 94 season was the night the strike was declared. And I was working with Jim Cott, Braves uh, at the Mets, Sid Fernandez uh, pitched Glavin. I think it was Glavin. And the Mets won that game. I got to work with Kitty, who was an absolute gem. Wow. And, and then I did a couple of years. They asked me back to do, uh, did some games, I think in 04, 05, or 05, 06, something like that. 